Soul of Chicago Gospel Radio Show. Walt Clark here with you on Steel City Gospel Radio. Don't forget, if you have the chance, go on our social media sites there, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, like, follow, and share us. And then you can always head over to our website there at steelcitygospelradio.com, and you'll find our web page there as well. Leave us a message and let us know you stopped by. We'll be glad to hear from you. As everybody in the world knows by now, we've been celebrating during the month of March, International Women's Month, celebrating women that have made tremendous, significant contributions to not only their local areas, not only uh, certain fields of work, but just worldwide women have been at the forefront. And I know James Brown said it's a man's world, but it wouldn't mean nothing. And I do mean nothing without a woman or a girl. So I know this is gospel show, but you know, every once in a while you have to kind of go that way. And I am just pleased to have as my guest on today's show, as we talk about the contributions of women to gospel music, especially here in the Chicago gospel music community, uh, a young lady who has her own podcast. And I've been privileged to be a guest on her podcast. It's called Let's Talk Gospel Music Gold. And we're going to tell you more about that later. But she's been trained to be a musician since her youth. She served in her church as a choir member and a lead singer. She sang up under the direction of the great James Abney. Memory serves me right. That would be Bethel Pentecostal, I believe, that he was a part of there in Grand Rapids, a legend himself came back to Chicago and started her own group. She sung with James Chambers and the Ecclesiastics and Chicago Mass. And I'm just so glad to have her here with me. And I'm going to introduce to some and present to others. And and Sonia, I've been practicing that (laughs) name because usually I just say A.E. But Ansonia Smith-Gibbs, A.E. is so good to have you with me on this show today. Thank you so much. It is exciting to be on your show because I've been listening in, checking you out. Well, let's see. That's why that's why mama used to say, always act right. You never know who's listening and watching. And <laughs> And I certainly appreciate that. Listen, you've been around music, as we've discussed, all of your life. And, of course, being a member of uh, a former member of James Chambers and Ecclesiastics and Chicago Mass, you've been exposed to great women uh, like Dr. Feranda Williamson. But I want to go a little further back. I want you to kind of reach back in your childhood and share with us some of the women in Chicago gospel music who were influential to you. Wow, that is really interesting because I was uh, talking to someone not long ago and uh, I grew up in a Catholic church and we were the first Black Catholic church in Chicago to sing gospel music just like a Baptist choir or Church Mm. of God in Christ under the direction of Frank Skip Biggs, who had us uh, singing and he would take us around to various uh, Baptist churches, or actually we went to all denominations and uh, sang. And we, 
at least once or twice a year, we would have choirs come in or groups come in and we would have an anniversary or a concert or something. And one of the people that sticks out that was influential and I used to watch her was uh, Maddie Bell. Mm-hmm. Now, I recently did some research and found out that she was a lead singer for the Tommies. Well, I was a little girl during that time. And uh, I said, wow, it would be really nice to meet, you know, meet her as an adult and talk to her. I did find out that she is still living. Yes. So maybe one day I'll get an opportunity to, to interview her on my show. But I've uh, always, and Inez Andrews, listening to her and just listening to various artists around Chicago, because I think that there is so many rich people. And when I say rich, I'm talking about rich in gospel music. Sure. Who have been influential. Uh, Shirley Caesar is somebody else I love listening to. And believe it or not, I had an opportunity to meet Sally Martin. Oh, wow. And found out that, and she came around James Chambers and James would talk about uh, the various people and some of the people that were around, I didn't really know that they were well-known in the gospel field. Mm-hmm. I'll just put it that way. Because <laughs> to me, they just look like, oh, that's just the lady that I know that sings. Right. And it is just, it was just wonderful to be around so many wonderful people. And I'm trying to think there were quite a few other ladies that were around in the 70s that sang and were very instrumental when you watch them. I used to listen to uh, Claire Ward and the Claire Ward mm-hmm. singers, um, listen to their albums. My mother had those albums at the house <laughs> and mm-hmm. my grandmother had, had you know albums around the house and would sit and listen to the musicianship. And uh, thinking about, actually, I just thought about somebody else. The very first person that I started taking piano lessons from was Cloris Brown. And I was fortunate enough as an adult, I, I started taking music in, uh, I was about seven or eight years old. Okay. And uh, it was funny how I started taking music, but Cloris Brown, I found out later in life, was a very instrumental musician herself in Chicago. Mm. And I just, just so happened to be watching uh, Brazier one Sunday and the camera went by and I said hey Mm -hmm. I told my husband I said that's my music teacher when I was a little girl and he said what I said that's my music teacher when I was a little girl so I had the opportunity to um, run into her she came to a concert where when James Chambers and Ecclesiastes Community Choir were having an anniversary and she happened to come backstage and we got we were talking and no she was i'm sorry i saw her at a church and it was almost time for our concert so i you know told her i would invite her to one of the concerts to come and hear us and went to uh, brazier's church where she used to play that is amazing <laughs> to to find out your music teacher is somebody somebody famous yeah that is a different it it makes those music lessons really hit different <laughs> when you find out absolutely you mentioned maggie bell's child and if people don't know you can look her up she was a member of the thompson community singers in fact she was 
14, I believe, 13 or 14, when Reverend Milton Brunson brought her into the studio to record uh, I'll Trade a Lifetime. And she is, she is just an amazing, I had the chance to meet her at one of our musicians breakfast and thank God she's one of the legends that's still with us. Let me, let me ask you this. Uh, when you think back as far as leadership by women in Chicago, when you think about the, uh, the Julia Mae Kennedys, the uh, Mama Lou, uh, when you think about Livonia Whitley, uh, those great women who have contributed and, and really shaped and molded Chicago gospel, what we call Chicago gospel music style. What stands out most to you about them, even though they had different styles, what would stand out uh, to you about them that brought Chicago gospel music to where it is now? Well, I'm glad you brought up LaVonia Whitley. There's so many people that I've run across or come and, come and seen. And because I grew up on the west side of Chicago, born and raised on the west side, what side? <laughs> well, that's, that's the best side. Um, so <laughs> We would uh, venture out and go to her church where she was directing. And I believe that was the first woman that I saw that directed a choir because I was used to seeing men right. directing choir. And for her to have such control and uh, discipline from her choir and being able to conduct them and the musicians and you watch that and you see that there is an elegance in it because sometimes people you know, they, they just stand and they go, their arms go up and they go mm -hmm. down, they go up and they go down. But when you look at the artistry of a director that has control, because not only is the are you directing the music, you're directing the vocal, the vocalese. And when you have techniques and dynamics and you're able to direct like that, uh, Angie Spivy is another one. Yes. That I, you know, I've, although I think we, you know, I, I didn't see her as much as I did Lavonia Whitley. And just really enjoyed watching the uh, dynamicism of being able to conduct and control what was coming out of the mouths of the people that were singing and what the band was doing at the same time. Right, and that's that's something. And you, we we are used to seeing men more then than now, of course. But, but yeah, you were used to seeing men in front of the choir taking the leadership role in so many great choirs. And not only that, with going back to uh, Madam Whitley, she's not only been a part of the fabric, not only been a part of the what I call the standard bearers. Uh, on the Chicago side, but of course, internationally, as uh, she served under Bishop Ford, I believe, of the Church of God in Christ uh, mm -hmm. music department. And so that part there, how do you see that Chicago has helped shape gospel music around the world, taking into consideration we've had uh, great women who started here in Chicago were elevated and promoted to national and international status, but still yet a very important part of Chicago gospel music fabric. 
Well, as we know, Chicago is the home of gospel music. Say that one more time. Uh, yeah. I think I think somebody tried to turn their radio off up in Detroit. Say that. <laughs> <laughs> Chicago is the home of gospel music. It has, over the years, it has now expanded out to others. But I want to backtrack a little bit about somebody I did some research on because sure. everyone is so used to hearing about Thomas Dorsey creating gospel music, mm -hmm. and you hear about. Um, Mahalia Jackson. Okay. Mahalia Jackson. And that's all they, some people think about when they think about gospel music. But there's one woman that really got hidden in history, and her name is Arizona Drains. Mm -hmm. And I had been doing some research because I, as I mentioned before we started the show, when I was doing research for what style of show. I was going to do as far as a podcast or what manner was I going to go? Was I just going to go and read history and then spout off history? But I thought it would be nice to highlight those who are still living for them to tell their own story Correct. rather than us have read, read about it. But I read about Arizona and found out that she's helped Dorsey in how to you put holiness in his music. And it was in the in the twenties when she did that, and actually was at the Roberts Temple Church of God in Christ here in Chicago. Yes. And Arizona actually went on to record a few records here in Chicago, but she was a, a blind keyboardist who helped Dorsey to bring in holiness, and found out that she was instrumental. But we don't hear about her. We right. hear about Mahalia. You know, and we barely hear, hear about Sally Martin, which is who I met, mentioned earlier. Sally Martin was also key in going around and helping Dorsey to spread his music around. And when you think of things like that, you're like, man, how can we, how many people are really under the umbrella of the gold of gospel. Mm. You know, you, you think about this and you and you wonder, wow, it is so many people. Now I'm going to talk about somebody current. I'll, I'll come back. I'll tell you about a songwriter who back in the early 90s, late 70s, Amaris Palmore, if you ever heard any of her music that she wrote, man, mm. <laughs> she's, she's ahead of her time. So you, you think about this and, and basically kind of gloss over a lot of music the music industry glosses over the work that women have done in music whether they be writers whether they be singers another songwriter that really got um how can i say covered up but a lot she had some dynamic work was brenda joyce moore yes who recently passed yes and you you think about this and, and people don't even think that they're women that write songs women that develop music so you, you think about that, and now I'll go back in history and talk about somebody like Ro Roberta Martin. She was a pianist who worked with Sally Martin in spreading the word and going on to create her group where she had a, a nice group that recorded several albums, but you don't hear much about the women of the music right. and their accomplishments. 
and what they've done. But I also did a little research. Uh, Sally Martin also worked with a musician called Ruth Jones. Yes. Ruth Jones. Oh, wait till you wait till y'all hear this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ruth Jones is actually Diana Washington. Yes, ma'am. So. <laughs> Yes, ma'am. <laughs> when I, I I love gospel music, I love the history of gospel music, and really want people to know the richness that it that actually is in music. Whereas you think of, um, and I'll talk. I'll go back to Cloris Brown. When I was taking music from Cloris Brown, I was learning how to play classical music because that's what she was teaching classical mm-hmm. music. And I at one point wanted to be a classical musician and this was in the 70s the early to mid 70s and someone told me they don't have black women in classical music they don't have black people in classical music at all but that's another story because i have family members that are in classical music and that are doing very well and, in classical and, music. yeah we'll we'll do another show on that one <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, it, it's it's interesting how some people negate the fact that women have been very instrumental. We right. we understand, if you understand the dynamic of the African-American church, is that a lot of women were involved in church, going to church because they wanted to make sure because the husband was working or that was his only day off. Maybe the man worked six days a week. That was his only day off. So, of course, you have more, you had more women in church. Right. So who was the who were the people that were doing the instrumental jobs in church a lot of times? If you think about it, there are a lot of talented women who have we probably have not heard of yet, uh, yet to be uncovered. I'm still trying to dig and find because I want to find out the I can't I'm, it's a treat to me. It's like, okay, you go out on this limb and you look, oh my gosh, there's another leaf that's going to join this limb. And you see that and see how it transitions. So that is my thought about women in gospel music is that they're the undiscovered jewels that still exist and those that have gone on, but we still have their music. Whether it be, because when I found a recording of Arizona Dreams, I was like, what? Yes. And she was instrumental in Rosetta Tharp. You're absolutely right. And I always tell people, you have to know your history. There's so many connections in Chicago gospel music. Those who have helped others, mentored others, raised uh, great musicians, even up to now, uh, when you you really think about it and look back. And these women... That we've, that we've talked about, and many that are unknown uh, have raised great musicians and great people to go on and carry gospel music and keep it in the forefront, especially here in Chicago. But it has been so good talking to you. I appreciate you so much taking time. Tell us where we can catch your podcast. Well, my podcast is on anchor.fm, Spotify, iHeartRadio, just uh, type in Let's Talk colon Gospel Music Gold. I am also on Apple Podcast and Google Podcast. Even if you just go to just do a Google, Google search of Let's Talk Gospel Music Gold, you should be able to find my show. And I've had the opportunity to interview quite a few people and I'm still looking to interview people. If you know someone that you'd like to hear more of their story, let me know. My email address is let's talk 
two, that's the number two, gmg at gmail.com. Let's talk to gmg at gmail.com. And I, I'll tell you, I'll try to find them. I'll search them out. <laughs> I <laughs> found Walt. <laughs> it sure did. I, and I, I was well hidden, I thought. <laughs> but I had such a great time on your show, and I knew that you would be such an asset to uh, what what I was doing here on Solar Chicago. And again, I thank you so, so very much. We're going to continue celebrating women in gospel music, Chicago gospel music, heritage, and history. So don't go anywhere. we got a couple of messages, and then we're going to come back. All right. This is where it started, Chicago, Illinois, the capital of gospel music. And you're listening to the Solar Chicago Gospel Radio Show right here with me, Walt Clark, on Steel City Gospel Radio. This is where God reigns and his praises abide. 